welcome back to another episode of the Continuation Podcast. Great to have my lovely listeners back for those of you that are tuning in. Um, Again, another amazing, amazing week of basketball we had. I mean, it's just been absolutely unreal with March Madness, with the NBA winding down as the playoffs come to start, or get ready to start rather. So as always, without further ado, let's just dive right into it. Always start off with the NBA week in review. Um, just pick out some games that I, that I wanted to highlight here. So first game on Monday, March 27th, uh, which was last week, the day, uh, as of the day I'm recording this episode, uh, we had the Timberwolves beat the Sacramento Kings 119 to 115 in Sacramento. Uh, this was a pretty surprising surprising win for sure. Sacramento's got a pretty decent home record, especially this year. They're, they've been having a great season, third in the East. Uh, Darren Fox, Demonte Sabonis, sorry, they've been playing really good. Um, but yeah, huge win by the Timberwolves on the road, and they're fighting to hold their playing spot uh, in the West. I'm looking at it right now. They're in ninth right now. It's looking, it's looking like it'll pretty much be locked in. I think there's only five or so games left in the season, so that was a big win for them, especially to to hold that playing spot. Um, but yeah, seven uh, Minnesota just played great. They had seven players uh, that had 15 points or more in this game, which was which was pretty nuts. You don't really see that in the NBA. Usually, it's one, two, three guys. Seven players to score 15 or more. That that's nuts. Uh, Rudy Gobert, their center for Minnesota, he led the way carrying the load. Uh, he had 16 points, 16 rebounds, four assists, and then two blocks. So so pretty good defensive and offensive game for the center, the French center. Um, and yeah, I mean, also on the Timberwolves center, Nas Reed, he had a good game. He had 18 points off the bench. He was one of those guys that had 15 or more, like just great all-around game for the Timberwolves for sure. And I, I definitely think that's why they won this one. Absolutely. Um, on the other side, Sacramento, Darren Fox, he actually had the best stat sheet for the Kings. He, he played good. He had 29 points, four boards, six assists, and Sabonis had 24 points, 10 rebounds, and four assists. So it's not like they played terrible. I mean, I think just Timberwolves just had an insane game as a team. And as you can, as you saw, it, it was a close game, four-point game. But uh, yeah, uh, I think what really hurt the Kings, what I have here is their three-point shooting. I mean, they shot 18% on the game. And I've said this in like episodes before. In the NBA, it's a, it's a three-driven league now. Everyone and anyone and everyone on the floor has to be able to shoot. So if if you're not around that thirty percent range as a team, it's really really hard to win because um, you're just gonna get outscored. That's basically it, right? So yeah, that happened on Monday. Moving on to Tuesday, March twenty eighth. Uh, I wanted to highlight the Wizards upset the Boston Celtics in Washington. Home game for them. Uh, the final score of this one was 130-111, to 111, so a 19-point win, pretty big. Uh, yeah, I was pretty surprised by this, by this little blowout, um, especially like the, the Wizards, they have a pretty bad home record. They're like under 500 at home, so I didn't expect them to win this, but they did. Shout out to them. Poor Zingas, he had a double-double for them. He had 32 points, 13 boards, 6 assists, which is a pretty big game for him, so good, good on him. Uh, he was pretty well-supported by the second-year stud, Denny Avdija from Israel. And this is a guy I haven't really heard of. He had 25 points, 10 boards, and 5 assists. I mean, I've seen his name a couple times this year, but I haven't really heard of him all that much. So so good for him. Second-year guy in the league to, to pop off like that and beat, beat one of the best teams in the league is huge. Um, again, another big win for a team in the Wizards trying to fight for that playing spot. Um, 
I mean, going into this year, I didn't think they had a chance of making the play-in. Uh, but I'm looking at it here. They're, they're just fighting to try to catch the Bulls. I think it'll be pretty tough. They're three games behind as of the day of recording this episode. So it might be tough, but hey, this was a good step in the right direction for them for sure. Uh, on the Celtic side of things, Tatum had, a, had, a, had his pretty usual game. He had 28 points, 9 boards, 5 assists. And Jalen Brown, he was somewhat off, but he still got his fair share. He had like 18 points, 3 rebounds, 4 assists. Not bad. Definitely could have played better for sure. Bad loss for the Celtics. But again, doesn't really matter. Teams are winding down. It's it's They're, they're locked into that 2 spot in the East. They're going to get the winners out of the playing games. So it's, it doesn't matter too much, but it was still a pretty shocking loss for sure. Moving on to Wednesday, March 29th, the Bucks beat the Pacers 149 to 136 in, in a really high-scoring shootout in Indiana. That's a very high-scoring game. And I've talked about Indiana in podcasts before. They got the two Canadians, Mathurin, Nemhard. They got, of course, Tyrese Halliburton, who's amazing. He actually didn't play in this game. But they're a good team, Indiana. They can give they can give the best teams in the league a run for their money despite their despite their bad record. Uh, like I said, real high scoring game and fun to watch. I watched the end of this one, the second half, and it was pretty back and forth, except for the third quarter. The Bucks kind of spread it out in the third quarter there, but other than that, every quarter was pretty even in scoring. And, and yeah, um, talk about a game for Drew Holiday. Oh my goodness, he absolutely popped off. And this guy's a primarily defensive player. And he, he went crazy. He had 51 points, 8 rebounds, and 8 assists. Just an insane game for him. I think that was, might be one of the highest scoring games in his career, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so shout out to him. Giannis on the other side. He, Giannis on the other side of things, sorry. He had his usual dominant performance. Monstrous triple-double for him. 38 points, 17 rebounds, 12 assists. Really tough for the, for the Pacers to beat that. I mean, the Bucs, they even shot 63% from the field. Which, which is pretty ridiculous as well. Um, but again, I want to give credit to a good Indiana team, man. They've proven they can stick with the league's top teams. Like, it, it's insane. Um, so, yeah, we shouted out our Canadians. Mathurin in this game, he had 29 points, 9 rebounds, 2 assists, and 2 steals. And uh, Andrew Nemhard had a pretty nice double-double. He rallied off 15 points and 15 assists. So, as I've always said, bright future for Indiana. But this game was a shootout. It was, it was pretty fun to watch. Moving on to Thursday, March 30th, uh, I'm going to keep the trend on the Bucks because this was a really surprising game. Uh, the Bucks were on a back-to-back here. They got blown out at home by the Celtics. The final score was 140-99. to That is a 41-point win. That's that's crazy. In Milwaukee, that, that's that's nuts. Um, pretty tough for the Bucks here. I feel like they were just out of energy. Like I said, the back-to-back kind of really took the life out of them, especially since Giannis... And Drew Holiday had such big games. We definitely didn't see that in this game for sure. I mean, Giannis, he had 24 points, 7 boards, 2 assists. Still good, but he averages way more than that. He averages close to 30 and 10. Um, And Holiday just had nothing in the tank offensively. He only got 6 points, 6 rebounds, and 4 assists. So that definitely hurt them for sure. I mean, you look at the Celtics, though. They had a great game. Tatum, he played stellar. Bounce back win um, after they lost to... uh, the Wizards, sorry, bounce back win for him. He had 40 points, eight boards. Uh, Brown, good bounce back as well for him. 30 points, five rebounds, five assists. Um, and then the former Buck and rookie of the year, Malcolm Brogdon. I didn't even know he was on the Celtics until a couple of weeks ago. Uh, he played great off the bench against his former team. He had 14 points, three rebounds, five assists, and four steals. 
I think he's going to be a big, big factor for the Celtics in the playoffs for sure, no doubt. I mean, he was a big factor by the Bucks when they won, and he's just a very solid, solid player, especially at that guard two-spot position, really good. Um, yeah, like I said, Bucks just had nothing in him, so I feel like, I mean, I, I don't really count this too much, but like I said, teams are winding down, they're on a back-to-back, like, um, uh, yeah, so it was a good game, but definitely Bucks should not get blown out like that. Uh, another game on this day, Thursday, that I just wanted to quickly highlight, uh, Pelicans handed the Nuggets just their seventh loss at home in Denver this season, um, and it was a blowout as well. Final score was 107-88, to so I just wanted to highlight that. We won't go too much into that, but shout out to the Pelicans, man. CJ McCollum. Moving on to our final game, we're going to talk about it from the NBA. Friday, March 31st, we had the Knicks beat the Cavs in Cleveland. Final score was 130-116. to uh, Knicks, man, they've been up and down. I can't really, I really don't know how they're going to face off in the playoffs. I mean, these two teams right now are projected to play each other in the first round. I think they're at that three and, or four and five spot, I believe. Uh, so this would be a pretty good matchup, but the Knicks, the Knicks took it in this one. Um, they had a great game all around, the Knicks did. They had seven guys hitting double-digit points, kind of similar to that Timberwolves game I talked about earlier. Um, the Knicks, they were shooting 43% from three, which is, which is generally very good in the NBA. Uh, and Jalen Brunson, he had a great game. I feel like when he plays good, they end up, they, they really can beat anybody in the league, but when they're missing him or when he's a little bit off or, or, or some guys like Randall are taking too many points away from him, they have a tough time. But like I said, he led the way in this one. He had 48 points, four rebounds, nine assists, big, big game from him. And, uh, when you look at the other side of the coin, Cleveland, they honestly had a decent game at home, but I, I feel like what killed them in this one, they just got into a lot of foul trouble. I mean, Cleveland at the end of the game, they had 21 fouls compared to the 12 uh, fouls that the Knicks had. So that's almost more than double, just under double the fouls. So you look at free throws, everything like that, that'll hurt you for sure. Um, but like I said, they didn't play terribly well. They didn't play that bad, uh, considering Donovan Mitchell, he had 42 points, four rebounds, five assists. Shout out to him. He's on my fantasy team. I'm in my fantasy finals this week, so I need him to keep popping off. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then Darius Garland supported him pretty well too. He had 20 points three boards, and nine assists. Um, and yeah, like the, it's, it's, I feel like this is going to be a really good first-round matchup. I'm definitely going to watch each game closely, and I would not be surprised. If the Knicks can play consistent, I wouldn't be surprised if it went to seven games because both teams are kind of evenly matched like that, I would say. Uh, one thing I forgot to mention, sorry, uh, Mitchell, Robinson, Mitchell Robinson, the center for the Knicks, he was a big difference in this game. Uh, defensively, the guy had 10 points, 14 rebounds, two blocks, two steals. So he probably was was uh, helped the Knicks to win this one for sure. And he can be a big factor in the playoffs as well. So that is going to do it for the NBA. Okay, let's transition into my favorite, my favorite thing to talk about in basketball at, at this time. The NCAA March Madness Final Four. Uh, we're going to talk about the women's first and then get into the men's. But what a tournament this has been. I say this every episode that I talk about it. I mean, the men's side, the women's side, it's honestly just been so insane to watch with all the upsets, the crazy game winners, uh, just surprises, players that you've never heard of just popping off, schools you've never heard of just popping off. So I just wanted to highlight that like I always do. Amazing. And I also want to talk about the women's game. I mean, it's it's been a big tournament this year. I, I feel like I watch March Madness pretty much every year since I was, I want to say like in elementary school 
Like, I've loved it that much. And I've never seen this much hype around the women's tournaments. I mean, there's obviously been those big UConn teams that have gone, like, undefeated with Kia Nurse in, like, two straight seasons. And I feel like that was very hyped up. But you look at Kate and Clark and, and all the stuff with South Carolina, like I'm going to talk about shortly. It, it's just been – it's growing the game. And it's really amazing to see uh, for expanding women's basketball and giving them those – the attention they deserve. I mean, they're selling out arenas, which is amazing. So shout out to them. Uh, let's jump right into it. Starting with the women's tournament, in last week's episode, I made some picks for who I thought was going to make the Final Four. Uh, let's go over those real quick, and then we're going to talk about the Unreal Games that took place just two days ago uh, from me recording this episode. Uh, and let's jump right into it. So from the Final Four and the women's, my picks were uh, LSU and Ohio State to make it to the Final Four. Um, I got LSU correct. Flaugia Johnson and Angel Reese, they were really willed their team to the Final, uh, the final Four. Sorry along with the, their famous fiery uh, head coach, Kim Mulkey. I love her. She's amazing, especially the stuff she wears. It's actually like very fashion-oriented, but she's just a fiery coach, and you can tell she gets the, gets her players ready and prepared for big games like this. Uh, so they made it to the Final Four, but Ohio State did not. They Ohio State lost in the Elite Eight to the number one seed, Virginia Tech, and so that's who LSU faced off against in their Final Four, and we'll get to that. Um, moving on to the other side, I predicted Iowa and South Carolina to the Final Four, and I got both these picks right. Uh, this wasn't too difficult, though, of course. I mean, these are two amazing teams, and they've been playing so well in this season and heading into this tournament. Of course, South Carolina's undefeated record, and their big defense, their big team. I mean, they got, like, I feel like four girls or something under, like, or over, sorry, 6'5". They got a 6'7 center. Like, they're a big, fast, defensively focused team. Uh, so that wasn't too easy to predict. Or sorry, that was easy to predict. Uh, Iowa, on the, other, on the other hand, they made it to the Final Four. And as I mentioned, they have the best player in the nation, Caitlin Clark, and arguably the most popular woman in women's basketball right now. Uh, in the Elite Eight, she dropped a record-breaking, never been done in the men or women's tournaments, 40-point triple-double uh, against Louisville, which is nuts. She had 41 points, 10 rebounds, 12 assists. So, like, that's just mind-blowing in itself, and, and I really think she's brought a ton of attraction to this tournament, and you're going to we'll, we'll talk about the Final Four right now. So, the games happened, like I said, two days ago, we'll talk about LSU and Virginia Tech first. Number three seed LSU, number one seed Virginia Tech. This was an unreal game. Came down to the wire, man. It was really back and forth. Um, Virginia Tech had a pretty decent lead at one point. I think it was 11 or 12 points, I think even going into the half. Um, but they reeled it back in LSU. Kim Mulkey, the coach, fired them up. She must have did something um, because Angel Reese, uh, one of their forwards slash centers for LSU, she popped off. She had 24 points on the game. On their guard, Alexis Morris, 27 points she had for LSU, and I feel like a large majority of them or felt like a large majority of them were in that second half from what I watched. Um, so big, big comeback win. For them, absolutely, for LSU. They are heading to the finals. I thought Virginia Tech, their, their center, Elizabeth Kitley, she actually played great. I mean, she was pretty unguardable in the first half. On the game, she had 18 points, 12 rebounds. Um, and even their guard, they, they have an Australian park guard, uh, this woman named Georgia Amour. She had 17 points, so they just played really good. But like I said, LSU, they're a tough team. Like They have a tough coach, tough women, tough team. I mean, their experience... And they're just going to be really difficult to beat in the final. So uh, kudos to them for making it to the final national championship. Super hype. But this next game, this next Final Four game I wanted to really talk about, it was the number two seed Iowa versus the number one seed and undefeated South Carolina. Uh, this was an insane game. I watched the whole game. And all I can really say is, wow, 
Like, wow, Caitlin Clark is the GOAT right now of women's basketball. I mean, I don't want to say women's basketball because obviously the WNBA women are very good. But still, she is just putting so much attention on this tournament. It's amazing. Not only did she score more than half her team's points in this game, but she also had another 40-point game. She had 41 points, 6 rebounds, and 8 assists. And she pretty much single-handedly beat the best defensive and shot-blocking team in the nation in the fourth quarter. I think she scored like the last 12 or like 12 or so points in the fourth quarter for Iowa, like to close it out. Ridiculous, ridiculous. Um, I mean, and Iowa too, I was pretty impressed. South Carolina isn't known for their offense, but they're big and they're tough to defend. And Iowa played great defensively as a unit. I mean, you look at their free throws, they made 100% of their free throws. I think they went 12 for 12 or something crazy like that. So that's just a well-disciplined team. And it shows how well-coached they are, too. I thought I thought South Carolina was out-coached at the end of the game. They couldn't find an answer for, for Kate and Clark, even though they had a, a whole variety of defenders. But I think Iowa definitely deserved to win because of that. Um, you know? Like, it, it was just such a good game, such a well-coached game, right down to the wire. And again, snapped the undefeated 50-plus game win streak that South Carolina had that carried on to last year. Uh, so that's nuts. You always love to see, I mean, you want to see an undefeated team, but you want to see an undefeated team lose more than you want to see them win, right? That's what makes it exciting. So uh, so this was a great game. Again, shout out to Caitlin Clark, growing the game in women's basketball, growing the hype, growing the attention, the representation, the opportunities. Shout out to her for doing that and, and just bringing everyone a great game to watch. Let's move on over to the men's March Madness Final Four. Uh, this these games just happened just yesterday night and I watched both of them yesterday night and my oh my they were uh, one of them was close one of them wasn't really close let's talk about the close one first uh, so the two the four teams sorry first in the final four it's five seed San Diego State versus number nine seed Florida Atlantic that's the first matchup the second matchup is the four seed UConn versus the five seed U Miami now again highest seed in this final four is a four seed that's something you really don't see too often especially in the last couple of years Usually a two, a three, a one, they're in there somewhere, but there's been so many upsets this year, it's been nuts. So some high seeds making it to the to the final four for sure. But let's talk about this first matchup. San Diego State beat Florida Atlantic U 72 to 71. This was the first game of the night last night. And it was it was a nail biter. I mean, it was insane. Uh the Cinderella story, FAU Owls, I mean, they were in control of the whole game. At one point they were even up like 14 points. Um and they were just playing well. Like, they were playing well. They were jacked up, good. But then slowly, 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 near the end of the game, San Diego started battling back. And then I think with 10, 10 minutes left, they, it was just like one-point game, two-point game, and they just went back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. Like, it was nuts to watch. Um, a major, major player for San Diego State that definitely helped them to, to bring the lead back, first of all, and then keep it close with FAU in these, in these last 10 minutes or so was their guard, Matt Bradley. I believe he's a senior. Uh, he had 21 points, six rebounds, and two assists on the game, and a lot of which came in the in the second half for sure. Uh, but like I said, this was a one-point game. It was actually won by a buzzer beater that sent FAU home, which was nuts. So what happened was uh, FAU was up one point. They had the ball with about, I want to say, 15 seconds left, and they tried to draw up a play to see if they could score another bucket, make it a two-possession game. They drove for a layup. It got blocked by uh, San Diego State Center, and Lamont Butler... They tossed it to Lamont Butler, and they actually had a timeout, San Diego State, and they didn't use it. This guy, Lamont Butler, ran the length of the floor, 
Got a one-on-one, got a one-on-one matchup against some guy that he liked, I guess. Coach trusted him. He just stepped back mid-range, just all net. Didn't even touch the rim to win the game with no time on the clock. He shot it as as it was in the air, the buzzer went. And it was insane. And the crazy part about this was I was shocked. I thought they were gonna call a timeout for sure. But he he that was his sixth field goal of the game. And like I'm pretty sure he hadn't really shot in the in the four, the sorry, the second half at all. So you, you can just, these tournaments, it's so unpredictable. It's just madness. That's why they call it March Madness. It's 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 always just big moments like that. And and in the setting of these uh, the Final Four, what they play in these big football arenas, the camera, the camera angle is just a little bit lower. It looks like almost like the height of like the rim. So it's just so cool to watch. And it was just such a, such a crazy game, such a great moment, of course. You always love to see game money buzzer beaters, especially in this tournament. Um, but... Like I said, it's sad to see FAU go home, man. They uh, they had a great tournament. I really wanted to see a nine seed in the final because I really thought they could have won. And, you know, if you just go back and look at that layup, they make that layup, game's probably over, right? Very tough. What can you do? But again, this game was the pinnacle of March Madness for sure. The big dance, the most hyped tournament uh, in basketball. Moving on to our next Final Four matchup. This was the second game of the night. A little bit more disappointing this one was for sure, especially considering I lost a little bit of money betting on it. <laughs> I'm sad to say. Uh, but the number four UConn dismantled number five seed Miami. Final score was 72-59. to 59. I said this in last week's episode. UConn, they just continue to surprise me. Uh, I mean, I can definitely see them all winning this year. I think I had them or Miami to win it. I don't know why because they're going to match up against each other. But anyway, I really think they're going to win this whole tournament especially since they they made Miami who beat a very good Houston team look like they just weren't that good like at all like they had no answer for them and they were just undersized Miami I had no idea how big UConn was but anyway their top player Adama Sanago pardon me uh he was their best 21 points 10 rebounds one assist and two blocks for this guy just played unreal and he was a great asset like on both ends of the floor two blocks and it really felt like he had more he was locking down uh, Isaiah Wong and Miller on Miami. So shout out to him. But their bigs, UConn's bigs were what impressed me the most. I mean, one of their centers, um, his name is escaping me right now, but he hit three threes like very early on in the game. I think in like the first five or six minutes, uh, which gave UConn a lead that was really tough for Miami to come back from. They did end up bringing it back to within one point, but like it just took so much energy. I feel like that big lead was uh, really set the tone for the game for them and really got them that advantage that this Miami was not able to come back from. It was pretty clear. Um, and like I said, Miami was just too small. They got dominated on the glass. They got out-rebounded rather by like 15 or so rebounds. Um, but it was just a hard-fought game. But like I said, a little bit more disappointing that it wasn't as close as the one before it. But UConn, man, shout out to them. So that is the final. Uh, this final is going to be taking place on Monday. Uh, day after I record this episode, so we're going to talk about it in next week's episode, but San Diego State v. UConn on the men's side, and then we got LSU versus Iowa on the women's side, and in, like I said, in next week's episode, I'm going to break down these final games. Uh, I kind of want to break them down more in depth, so we're going to wait for next week's episode, um, but like I said, it's really sad this tournament's coming to an end, man. Like I hate to see this. I love watching this type of basketball. Desperation, young players making big plays at the biggest stage. Uh, so, but all I can say is I really enjoyed watching the tournament this year. It was a great tournament filled with upsets, uh, filled with star players coming out on the men and the women's side, like I said. So, so shout out to the final four. Okay. It's time for everybody's favorite segment, the dunk and flunk segment. 
uh, we've been keeping these a little bit shorter in the last couple episodes, and we're going to do the same today, just for time's sake, but that doesn't mean we're still not highlighting our dunks and flunks. Okay, so let's jump right into it. First, our dunk, we always start off with the positives. We are optimistic in this uh, in this podcast. Um, okay, our dunk of the week has to be, I just talked about it, San Diego State's game winner to send them to the national championship. Oh my God, this was insane. Uh, like I said, Lamont Butler, shout out to him. The guy's got the same last name as me. Could be a long lost relative, but uh, I don't know. I definitely don't have the skill that guy has. Um, no, I'm just kidding. But I mean, what a moment this was. Like I said, that nice core level uh, camera angle was just great. It made it like so cool to watch at the buzzer. All the all the teammates running onto the floor, hugging him, embracing him after. It was just insane. And it's peak March Madness, like I said before. I mean, this guy wasn't really shooting much during the game. He made an impact. He had nine points or so, but like on six field, like he wasn't really doing much, right? I would have thought they would have went to that other guy for sure, number twenty, uh, Matt Bradley, but they didn't. They went to him. They trusted him, and they didn't call a timeout, and he hit it. So shout out to him. That is definitely a dunk for sure, just because of how clutch and how big the moment was. My other dunk of the week is, of course, talked about it before. Caitlin Clark, she had a Forty-point triple double for the first time in March Madness tournament history on the men or women's side against Louisville, and she uh, she dismantled that team. I'll tell you that for free. I was watching the end of that game. I didn't see the the beginning, but near the end, they just can't guard her. No teams can find an answer for her. I mean, if the best South Carolina, if the best defense in South Carolina can't find an answer for her, there's no way Louisville stood a chance. Um, so, and she dropped forty on both of them. So, shout out to those two college players. I mean, Caitlin Clark's definitely much more popular and big than Lamont Butler, but both of them making big plays in big moments. So those are our dunks for sure. Moving on to our flunk Aww. of the week. This is, has to be talked about in the NBA. We're going to pivot to the NBA. Has to be the Bucks getting blown out at home by their potential Eastern Conference Finals opponent in the Celtics. Uh, like I said, I know they're on a back-to-back, whatever, whatever, but they still can't lose by 41 at home. That is just embarrassing. Uh, especially considering they have what the best player, one of the best players in the world, in Giannis. I mean, like he's like third right now, an MVP uh, candidate. I think it's Embiid first, then Jokic, then him, and he could even be second. But it, it just can't happen. I mean, the Celtics did look good, but like it, it's making me think twice a little bit about this matchup. Like I said, I don't know if the teams are going full tilt, but I think the Celtics definitely have the upper hand right now for sure. If they were to play a seven-game series, I think they would beat the Bucks. Just because they're they're a little bit more consistent, right? And then you look at the playoffs. You have, you have to play some back to backs, or maybe not back to backs, but the you know one day break after playing hard fought defensive driven games. So it worries me a little bit about the box, but uh, I do think it's not too too much to worry about. But that is definitely a flunk for sure. Okay, finally, let's wrap it all up with the NBA betting segment of the TC podcast. So far, ladies and gentlemen, and for those of you listening to the podcast, we have four wins and six losses in the betting series, and we're hoping to get positive soon with this one. Before we jump into this week's pick, let's talk about last week's, or sorry, from two weeks ago, and see which ones we got right, which ones we got wrong. Uh, Let's get into it. Actually, it was this past week that we're talking about. Okay, so... In episode three of the Continuation Podcast, I released these picks, and here they are. Let's see what we got right. Let's see what we got wrong. On Monday, March 20th, I picked the Minnesota Timberwolves to beat the Knicks in New York. Guess what? I got this one right. Cheers to that. 
Moving on to the Tuesday, the 21st, I picked the Nets to beat Cleveland in Brooklyn. That was wrong. Uh, Cleveland took care of Brooklyn pretty easily. Darn it, Donovan Mitchell. Come on. Anyway, on Wednesday, the 22nd, Los Angeles Lakers, I picked them to beat the Suns in L.A., and I was right. Uh, they were they were favored. Just The Suns were just barely favored in this one, but the Lakers were able to pull it out. Thank goodness for, for my record. On Thursday, the 23rd, I picked the Thunder to cover the spread against the Clippers in Los Angeles. I was sadly mistaken. I was wrong. They lost by, I think, over 18 points. The spread was barely above five, so definitely got that one wrong. And finally, on Friday, March 24th, I picked the Golden State Warriors to beat the Philadelphia 76ers in Golden State. And again, Sixers might have been favored in this uh, by a little bit. I didn't quite see the odds. They should have been. They're a much better team. But again, Golden State's got that great home record. But regardless, we got this run right, so we're going to take it. That's 3-2. Three and two. Three wins, two, ro- two losses on that week, bringing the overall record of the continuation podcast to seven wins, eight losses. Uh, one game away from positive. So for those of you tailing, hold out hope. I'm going to get positive soon, I promise. And it's all going to start with these picks. Actually, we have to wait till next week's episode to come out. But anyway, it's going to start with these picks. So without further ado, let's get involved into the week of Monday, March 27th. I am picking the Philadelphia 76ers to beat the Denver Nuggets in Denver on Monday. Moving on to Tuesday, March 28th, I'm picking the Miami Heat. I hate to do this, but they're going to beat the Raptors in Toronto. That's Scotiabank Arena. Raptors have been having some suspect games. I think the Heat take it for sure. Wednesday, March 29th, I have the Timberwolves to take care of the Suns, beat the Suns in Phoenix. Again, Timberwolves should be underdog in this one, make a little money for you guys. They're winning this game. Moving on to Thursday, March 30th, great game we have on this day. I have the Celtics to beat the Bucks in Milwaukee. Uh, this is going to be a great game regardless, but Bucks should be favored because they're they're at home and they're the one seed in the East. I think Celtics beat them, though. I think Jay Tatum gets it done. Moving on to Friday, March 31st, I have the Orlando Magic beating the Washington Wizards in Orlando. Not too exciting of a game. Wizards are up a little bit in the standing compared to the Magic, so they should be favored. But I think the Magic and Paulo Boncaro can take this one at home. So that's going to do it for the picks. That's going to do it for the entire podcast, matter of fact. Um, once again, as always, thanks so much for tuning in for those of you that listened all the way until the end. Um Always, always enjoy talking basketball, especially with everything going on in March Madness, the men and women's tournaments being so good, and just the world of basketball being so so filled with content and games. I love it. Um, as always, as I always say at the end, everybody listening, thanks again. Keep on hooping and take care. Guys.